You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, a manager is getting fired, so he takes his bill that people owe to his master, and he cuts them down so that these customers will like him more, (laughs) so that they'll receive him into their house. And he's commended for this by his master. And Jesus puts him before us as an example to follow. This is a notoriously difficult passage. And I think for two reasons. The first is that it looks, at least at first glance, like the scriptures are approving theft. Now, we know this isn't the case. Jesus, who told the parable, is the one who made the rule, you shall not steal. (laughs) And in the end, it's not the man's theft that he is commended for, but his shrewdness or his wisdom or his prudence. His Lord commended the dishonest manager because he had done done shrewdly. And then Jesus comments, For the children of this world are in their own generation shrewder than the children of light. And then Jesus gives the moral of the story. I tell you, make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon, so that when you fail, they may receive you into eternal tents or eternal dwellings. If we get past the first difficulty, there is, though, a second difficulty. And I think it's this, that we expect, after such a difficult text, wrestling with such a difficult parable, that we would have unveiled one of the great mysteries of the Christian faith. That Jesus would be using this kind of parable to teach us how his kingdom is totally different than the kingdoms of the world. How he gives life hidden under death or how his mercy comes to us apart from works. But it seems to us like the point of the lesson is simply about stewardship. And I think that that is actually what it is really about. (laughs) Jesus is simply teaching us how to think rightly about our work and our wisdom and our money. Now, most of the time when Jesus teaches about money, it's negative. What not to do. Warnings. But this parable is, in fact, the positive side of it. What we ought to do. But since we're on the subject, let's just remind ourselves of the negative side. In fact, uh, uh, Jesus continues in this text and all over the place to give warnings about money. And we see them all throughout the Bible. Jesus says uh, in just a few verses, uh, no one can serve two masters. For he'll either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. The point is, you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus knows that money can very easily become an idol. And and Luther guesses, and I think from the wisdom of this passage and others, that money is, in fact, the most common idol in all the world. We remember that the worship of money looks like worry. And we also remember that you don't have to have money to worship it. In fact, poor and rich alike are tempted to the worship of money because all of us are tempted to think that money can provide for us what only God can provide. Security safety, happiness in life, and such. Money comes along and promises these things. But when it does, it is lying to you. Only Jesus can give them. And we know this, right, when we think about it. 
I think I've told you that the reason I think they put a picture of an eagle on the dollar bill is to remind every one of us that it flies away. <laughs> one day there's a pile of money, and then the next day it's gone. <laughs> the moths have eaten it, or someone's stealing it, or it's April 15th, or whatever. <laughs> and the money's gone, there's nothing left, there's no security there with wealth. But still we're tempted to put our trust there. In fact, the temptation, uh, like the, every temptation to idolatry, is a threefold temptation. There's a temptation to fear and to love and to trust. There's a temptation to fear money, which I think means fearing not having it or fearing losing it. There's the love of money, which St. James reminds us is the root of all kinds of evil, and we see that being played out every night on the news. Or there's a trust in money, thinking that if we have enough, which is normally just a little bit more than we actually have, then we'll be content or secure or happy or whatever. And to this temptation, Jesus says, you cannot serve God in money. And he calls us to repentance. Worship God. Trust him. Look to God for every good. Call out to him in time of trouble. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moth cannot eat and the rust doesn't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal. Store up for yourselves the treasure of the blood and the kindness of Jesus. These things will never be taken from you. For while the things of this earth are passing away, the Lord's word and his kindness endures forever. That's the Bible's warning about money. But there's a flip side. In the text this morning, Jesus is, is not only telling us what we shouldn't do with money, but he's telling us what we should do with money. Instead of serving it, Jesus instructs us to put our money to work serving us, or better, to put our money to work serving our neighbor. Money and wealth, like power and good works, always want to sneak their way into the first table of the law and replace God. But they belong in the second table of the law where we love and serve our neighbor. So Jesus says, the children of this world are, in their own generation, shrewder than the children of light. So I tell you, make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon so that when you fail, that means when you die, they may receive you into the eternal homes. Now, it's good to just pause here for a minute and remember what money, in fact, is, that it's just a stand-in for a lot of things in life. It's a store of value. So the dollar is really a symbol of the work or the wisdom that we pour out into the world. We sometimes say time and talent, and I think that's right. That gets to the point. The $20 bill is not just a piece of paper. It's a paper that indicates uh, my work or my time or my wisdom. And on the other hand, if I'm lazy or if I'm foolish, then the $20 bill isn't there. That's what the $5 bill represents or something like this. Or the $20 bill is leaving instead of coming. So when Jesus is talking about money, he's talking about so much more. He's talking about our work and our time, our wisdom, and all these gifts that he gives to us. It is what he calls in the text unrighteous mammon, but it means all of this life in this world, and Jesus tells us that we should use it to make friends. In other words, we should use all the resources that we have, not for ourselves, but for our neighbor, for our family, for our friends, for the people that the Lord brings into our life. We should use money not to serve ourselves, but to bless and serve others. 
We should, to state it simply, we should be generous. We remember that there are two vices connected to the seventh commandment, you shall not steal. On the one hand, there is the vice of greed, and on the other hand, there is the vice of laziness. But the opposite of these two vices is the single virtue, generosity. The Christian is generous. And this is what Jesus is teaching us. Be generous. And a bit more. Because Jesus indicates that our generosity has eternal consequences. Make for yourselves friends by means of unrighteous mammon, so that when you fail, they may receive you into eternal tents. When we serve and bless our neighbor, it's not only for this life, but it is also for the life to come. The Lord has so arranged things in this life that blessings and gifts come to us through means. They don't just drop out of the air, but the Lord uh, uses instruments to get blessings to us. It's true with our earthly life and our earthly body, and it's also true with eternal life. Faith doesn't just explode into your heart, but faith, the Scripture says, comes through hearing and hearing the Word of God. And to hear the Word of God, someone has to speak. I mean, think about this. All of us here are Christians because someone else spoke the Lord's Word to you. And the Holy Spirit used that Word to create faith in your heart. It might have been your parents, or a teacher, or a friend, or a pastor, or a neighbor, or all of them put together. And all of us have a church in this place and an altar here and a pulpit so that we could constantly come here to hear the Lord's Word and rejoice that the Holy Spirit continues to use means to create and to sustain our own faith. So that as we continue to use our money and our work and our time and our talent and our wisdom, we do it to, to see to it that the Lord's Word continues to be spoken, continues to be taught, continues to be preached, continues to be spread throughout the world, that we, that we would have a cloud of friends all the time around us who are blessed by our love, and in fact, more importantly than this, who are blessed all the time by the love of Jesus. Use for yourselves the means of unrighteous mammon to make eternal friends. And I suppose, dear saints, that our chief example in this is Jesus himself. He had all power and all authority, and he could have had anything that he wanted in this world. Kingdoms, riches, uh, nations, wealth beyond imagining. But he did not seek after these things at all. In In fact, he spent everything that he had for you and for your salvation. He he gave up his life, the riches of his own blood, so that he would make for himself friends in his eternal home. You and I. And because Jesus is not only interested in pulling you through your sin and your death to his face, in eternal life, but he is also interested in pulling your family and your neighbors and your friends to his face in eternal life. He has, as strange as it seems, decided to use us, our words, our love, 
even our unrighteous mammon, to do it. Now, does Jesus need these things? Does he need us? Does he need our love or our service or our money? No, of course not. But in his good pleasure, he takes our paltry efforts and he forgives them and he blesses them and he uses them so that we not only have an eternal home with him, but in that eternal home, we have neighbors, friends, dwelling with us, side by side, praising the Lord forever. So we pray from this text that God would grant us His Holy Spirit so that we would be shrewd, so that we would use our resources to make for ourselves eternal friends. And we also pray that God would grant us His Holy Spirit so that we would always always abide in His gift of repentance and faith, that we might know our sin and we might know His forgiveness until at last we see Him face to face. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.